Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST try to do is do the right thing and love you and embrace her and bring her into our family. We were hoping that we were all going to be able to like pass on the farm and have it go from generation to generation and that your children would love the farm. Uh, that's a beautiful world you paint, but, but this has been our I don't world. think that's the it's world we were hoping for. I wanted it to be gaining a daughter rather than losing my son. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. For some reason, it feels like I have not talked about 90 Day in so long, and yet it was just last week. Heads up, guys, I don't think there's a new episode next week. I think they come back on Valentine's Day. We have uh, Sister Wives. Sister Wives is back, and I'm so excited about it. It looks extremely messy, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm very excited, but let's talk about 90 Day. I feel like we had basically everybody, every couple on this episode. It was a lot to watch. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because it's more people, right? That's common sense, Kara. Okay, let's talk about the couples. We'll start with Hazel and Tariq, because there really wasn't too, too much Basically, they're about to start filming their first scene. They're about to start filming and Tariq gets a text message on his phone saying that the state has shut down. And so production basically has to leave immediately. We do not see them again for another two weeks. They're self-filming and we catch them on the bed. Tariq says, you know, because of all this, you know, he had all these plans for he and Hazel and because of the shutdown, he just feels like his 90 days had really been taken for them, had been robbed. But they're down to business. And by that, I mean, they're trying to find their third. So Tariq tells Hazel about this website that he has signed them up for. And it's, I guess, for couples looking for a third or maybe just people who are open to polyamory. I'm not quite sure. But he explains to Hazel, like, what the site is about. And she's looking forward to it. He is being pretty chill about it. I gotta say, like, I think I like Tariq. There's something about me that, like, well, it's the man. The man. The fact that he's a man is the something about him that makes me not want to like him, but I think he seems pretty chill, other than his, like, very clear fetish for Thai women. Other than that, he seems 
okay. But he's like, yeah, let's just look through it and see if we find anybody who's hot. And, you know, we'll dive in head first if we find a good match. So Hazel tells us a little bit more about her journey with bisexuality. And she says that the reason why she hid it while she was in the Philippines is because she has another sister who is bisexual out and her parents really didn't take kindly to that. So she was just like, I, I'm just going to live my life in America. Um, so Hazel says that she's looking in a woman for a sister and a lover and a friend. And I would say maybe we should not mix the sister and lover part together, but I... I'm with you. I'm supporting you on your journey, girl. Um, so Tariq asks, like, do you want to look at all types of women or do you want to just look for your type? And she's like, no, just look for my type, which we find out her type is a brown girl with good breath because she really likes to kiss. Okay, that seems easy enough. I don't know what brown means to Hazel. Does she mean, like, a Latina girl? Does she mean, like, a black woman? Does she... I'm excited to see. But she also said she really likes American women because they're sexy. Thank you, Hazel. Thank you. Um, Tariq asked what the rules are. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if we enter into this, like, how do you view it? Do you want alone time with the woman? Is it, like... We're the three, we're, we're a throuple, we're all together all the time. Like, what do you think? And Hazel's like, well, what are you looking for? And he's like, I'm just going to go with whatever it is that you want. My only requirement is that we don't, that Ari doesn't know anything about this. So if we're hooking up with this woman, the, you know, we're doing it outside the house or when Ari's with her mom, you know. And Hazel's like, yeah, I totally totally understand so the, what happens after that and then he also you know is like I, I the thing that I like about Tariq is that he treats her as m- more of an equal than we've seen these other men he doesn't treat her like she's submissive or lesser than or like there's some sort of like I'm the man dynamic and I'm the leader and appreciate that and I what did he say that I thought was really oh Hazel asked him you know do you think that these women would like me and he was like yeah of course what would they not like like you're smart and you're beautiful like you know he was lifting her up and I just I I just you have to give him props if nothing else for accepting who she is and wanting to continue on that journey because it really doesn't seem like it feels more like he is down for this because she wants it it's not like something she's trying to he is trying to push on her and it also doesn't seem like he's really making this like overly sexual like he's not just looking for Thai women for himself and he's not just thinking like oh this is gonna be so hot that like my my wife is uh, you know into chicks right um but so he like, he's like, you know, we need to watch out for jealousy and, you know, you, Hazel, you really need to make sure that this is something that you're actually ready for. And Hazel's like, yeah, I, I feel you. I'm with you. But then she says to production in an interview, like, I have always wanted a girlfriend, but really my uh, relationship with Terry is more important. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Like, if this is something that they actually can get going, I think that it would be really good for viewers to see a relationship of people who are open and exploring their sexuality and like I'm into it if this can happen I'm really into it because I really like them as a couple let's move on to the couple that I don't like (laughs) Rebecca and Zied and it's really mostly Rebecca this was hopefully a pivotal moment for them hopefully so Zied has been here a few days they're still moving into the apartment getting things ready and Rebecca's friend Melanie Melanie Pi P.I. 
and she comes over. So Melanie is a private investigator friend, skeptical, problematic friend, and she's here to do what people have been doing since the dawn of time of 90 Day Fiance, which is to try and play uh, tough, tough mommy with the foreigner. And let them know that, like, I've got my eye on you. And, you know, are you just here to get a green card? Okay. I'm so tired of this, this, like, storyline in 90 Day Fiance. Like, I understand that it exists. And I understand that it's very real because people, that's what people think. But, like, I'm just tired of seeing it. And I've never been more tired than this moment. So, Melanie comes over. She's there to ask the hard questions. And, you know, she starts asking uh, Ziad, you know, how do you feel being gone away from your parents and your sister? And he goes, you guys are close, so close. And he, you can tell he's thinking. It literally, it was like she gave him a second and a half and she was like, do you not understand what I'm saying? And Rebecca's like, yeah, he, he gets it. <laughs> he understands. And even Ziad's like, no, I understand. Like, can you give me more than three quarters of a second to fucking answer my question? So then she's like, oh, you know, Rebecca was working hard all day. What were you doing? And he was like, oh, you know, not much. I had some coffee. I watched a movie. And she immediately, immediately goes into, well, you need to work on getting a job. Why aren't you doing anything? There are plenty of places that are walking distance from here, blah, blah, blah. And Rebecca's like, yeah, girl, he can't legally work here. So that's why he's not doing anything. Okay. And Melanie's like, well, is that something that you can handle? Are you okay with that? And she's like, well, it is what it is. I've been able to uh, afford my lifestyle without him. I'm okay. She's like, well, yeah, but now you're going to be taking care of him. She's fine. Okay. She's got the plenty of that hot chicken money in her bank account. Don't worry about her, Melanie. And, and if you're so worried, why don't you kick in some money? Why don't you hit her Venmo? Okay. So the, then Melanie's like, well, you know, I really don't want to compare you to Rebecca's ex, but there are similarities. Ugh. This is like the blatant racism that we would not be experiencing if this was Rebecca just dating two white American dudes. You know, this, this conversation wouldn't be happening. If she dated some 30-year-old fuck boy from Alabama and then you found her in a relationship and then they got married and they got divorced and then lo and behold she found a 31 year old dude from Alabama we wouldn't be having this conversation of like well there are some similarities between you and the ex-husband so I'm just like we're you know trying to care for my girl here this wouldn't be happening and we all know it she literally is like, Rebecca, explain to me how this is different because they're both young and they're from North Africa. And now we're at the same apartments. So we get this big moment of finally it's revealed that Rebecca lived in her old apartment or the same apartment building with her ex-husband as she is with Ziad now. Flop. Nothing. This is nothing. Rebecca starts to cry. And why? I don't know. <laughs> because it's Rebecca. Ziad comforts her. He like gets her in a, you know, headlock <laughs> and rubs her hair. And, you know, Melanie's like, you know, I just want the best for you, Rebecca. Like she's trying to circle it back or, you know, like pull it back and be like, no, this wasn't my intention, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, you know, why did you point out that they're both from North Africa? What does that have to do with anything? And Ziad is getting, you know, so much angry as he is wont to say. And I feel him this time. This is the time that I'm like, yeah, why don't you get harassed, Zied? So very calmly, Zied is like, yes, me and her ex-husband are both Arabic men, but that's basically where the comparisons need to start and finish because I uh, am from Tunisia. He's from Morocco and frankly, I don't care if she lived in the same apartment building as her ex-husband. That doesn't bother me at all. So top that, Melanie. Um, maybe Melanie should stop trying to find the common denominator in 
Rebecca's partners and realize that if there's an issue, it's probably with Rebecca because she would be the common denominator. Not the fact that these guys are from the same general area within thousands of miles from each other. Does she know how big Africa is? <laughs> like, girl. So, Zia takes a smoke break. Smoking out the window. And Melanie goes up to Zia and is like, you know, I'm just trying to watch out for Rebecca. And Zia's like, I hear you. I'm here for Rebecca. And I don't really feel like I have anything to prove to you, but I'm going to. And I love that. Like, that's how you clear a bitch. I really, really like that. And I appreciated that Rebecca actually spoke to Zied like a human <laughs> adult and not like a, a caveman. I appreciated that. Uh, let's move on to Mike and Natalie, another couple that is just like, ugh, what a slog to watch them try and navigate themselves through this non-relationship that neither of them are in, but neither of them want to say what is really happening. Trish, Mike's mom is leaving. They have a conversation before she goes and Mike says, you know, he and Natalie are going on a good pace and they want to, he wants to continue that. So Trish and Mike sit down and Trish says, you know, I think Natalie's nice enough, but she asked Mike if he's sure about Natalie's intentions with the relationship. And he's like, you know, honestly, I think she has the best of intentions, meaning I think she's not here just for a green card, but I can't read her mind. And then Mike brings up that setting the date for the wedding comes with a lot of pressure. So Trish is like, okay, well, where are you at with uh, returning, giving her back her engagement ring? And he's like, honestly, I really don't feel the need to rush. Okay. It, it just, he very quickly goes from like, yeah, we seem good to, I don't want to be here. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> so then they go on a hike. Natalie go on a hike. Mike and Natalie go on a hike. And, whew. Natalie is in one of her moods and it's really like there's no great way to describe what happens so I'm just going to explain it to you so on the way there they're having a conversation and she just stops talking to him like I don't know if there's something that I miss but it seems like they went to there was nothing it wasn't a fight it was like they're having a conversation then all of a sudden she looks out the window and is paying no attention to him and he doesn't know why she's not talking. So then they go on the trail and Natalie beelines it to a tree to make sweet, sweet love to that tree. She is rubbing it, getting her hands, rubbing all over that bark, touching it, smelling it. She likes the smell. She didn't say that she kissed it, but it really seemed like she did. <laughs> it was very intimate to a point where I was like, I don't know if we should be here, including Mike. This seems, I don't know if they put this on the OnlyFans. I don't know. It just felt very, it felt very, okay. So <laughs> Mike is just like looking at her like, who are you? <laughs> and then like, I don't know if he, she got some go-go juice or like some pixie sticks. I don't know what happens, but then she, you know, takes a breather from that tree and starts skipping along the trail. She's asking Mike to flip her over. Um, and then she stops him in the middle of the trail and says, I am a normal person. <laughs> it's like, are you? <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's. That's a, a bold statement to make after you just made out with a tree. We'll just say that. Okay. So we, in an interview, they asked Mike, like, what's going on with Natalie? And he's like, I have no clue. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> he is so turned off by her. And he's like, there are times where I just don't feel like I know her at all. And then I have so much to learn by about her. And I'm like, yeah, because that really like she darted toward that tree like almost like those people do you remember that my strange sexual attraction or like my strange 
addiction, I think was what it was called. And there was that guy who made out with his like, (laughs) he made out with his like 97, like red convertible. And that lady who had, she was claiming to have a sexual relationship with the Eiffel Tower. Like that's what she was giving me. That's what she was giving. So our next scene of them, we see Natalie. She's finally unpacked. She's moved her clothes into the closet, the closet that stinks and apparently continues to stink. So they go into the store running some errands. They pop into this like, I don't know if it was like a secondhand shop or just like one of those places where you can get like sachets of potpourri and wicker, like a lot of wicker. Natalie found herself a wicker little baby uh, uh, stroller she loved. And he, this is a point where Mike starts getting cagey. As soon as he gets his hand, his eyes on that wicker baby carriage, he's like, mm, I, I don't like what's going on here. So the shopkeeper comes and she shows Natalie like some room spray that she could put in the closet and they buy that. And then Mike, it's like Mike does these spiteful things, but it, it, this time it didn't like last time he was being spiteful when Natalie was fat shaming him. And so he knew that she didn't like the fact that she doesn't like the fact that he drinks. So he goes out and gets a bottle of beer, which pisses her off. So he keeps doing these spiteful things like, oh, he finds some, um, you know, the, the, the like glassware that you put like a good scotch or something in and she's like oh is that for alcohol and he's like yeah i'm getting these and it just felt like what is he being spiteful over i it didn't really make sense so the shopkeeper is asking you know like oh where are you from obviously you know natalie says she's used to that people asking her all the time because she has a thick accent and so she's like oh well mike is from squim i'm from ukraine and she explains you know i'm here on a k-1 visa and we're supposed to get married in 90 days and she's like oh, okay so what's going on like what are your plans what is the tea on that homegirl and she's like oh we don't have any plans and she's like oh is he not helping you and it's like that awkward thing of like how do you explain to a stranger them how do you explain mike and natalie to a stranger (laughs) right so you know natalie's trying to like work through it and kind of you know sugarcoat it and say oh you know like we're just planning and you know making you sugarcoating it and all that and so mike gets mad but it's like natalie was just answering questions politely so why he then is mad at natalie I don't know. And like I said, he gets super, super cagey. So Natalie goes over to a tablescape and she's like, oh, you know, we really don't have like plates and stuff for guests. And, you know, this is sort of the thing that we would have to plan like tables and stuff for the wedding. And he's like, yeah, you know, we can do that. But like, I just don't think that we should because we have a lot to work out within our own relationship. So I don't really want to plan the wedding, but like, yeah, we can, but like, I don't want to, like, it's the last thing that I want to do, but like, we can do it, but like, I definitely don't want to do this, but like we can, but also I hate you. So now that you have that information, like we can totally do it. I'm totally fine with it. hundred percent, except also 0%. I don't want to do this. I do not want to marry you. (laughs) I don't want to plan this wedding. It's just very weird. And then he's like, "I I want to leave. Like, he gets upset with her. There are, like, a lot of times where he could have had this energy with Natalie, but, like, her making a polite conversation with a lady and, like, thinking that they're going to plan a wedding because you, I don't know, told her that you guys could plan a wedding, um, it wouldn't, it didn't really, it makes sense as to why he got so mad at her. So... Then he says, like, you know, I don't even know if I want to have a big ceremony. And, like, I would just rather just get it over with. And maybe we can have another ceremony when it's done or later down the road. And don't you want your mom here? And blah, blah, blah. It, it, I don't know. I do not know. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Natalie says, you know, when he gets like this, I just feel like I'm never going to get my wedding. And it's like, yeah, you might want to go with that feeling, girl. Go with that. <laughs> um, let's move to Stephanie and Ryan. Stephanie gave us so much from half of that bed. She gave us so much content in, like, they milked over the course of the episode. It was like 45 seconds, 45 seconds, 45 seconds. They don't, she, she just gave us everything in one scene. She literally didn't leave the bed. So it's the first morning in Belize. Stephanie gets in bed. She's like, oh, Ryan, can I ask you something? Like, it's been 10 months since I saw you. And I'm just kind of wondering why we didn't have sex last night. And Ryan's like, well... Um, what can I think to say? Um, well, you were really tired and, you know, I was tired and, you know, I just thought we would just rest and, you know, you were complaining about your arm and your tummy. So I just feel like it wasn't a good time. And Stephanie's like, okay, well, when I woke up today, didn't you notice that, you know, probably my stomach was fine. So what's happening? She's like, <laughs> <laughs> Then Stephanie says, you know, it's really not about the sex, but, you know, even if you banged me for like two or three minutes, it would have been about the bonding. And since it's been like 10 months, I wouldn't have minded a quickie. You know, I wasn't expecting a big magic show. (laughs) Then she tells uh, the production, you know, unless we're fighting, it's like always four times a night. So I think something's up. So this is like, okay, now I'm going to instigate a fight with him. So she just cuts to the taste and was like, Ryan, so how many women have you been with in the past 10 months? And he's like, none. (laughs) And then he tells production, you know, like it was nice at first getting back together. But then Stephanie started talking (laughs) and I'm starting to think that all she wants to do is fight. So then Stephanie reminds Ryan of the time when they got into a big fight. So she saw text on his phone of Ryan asking a girl to go to Cancun with him being real flirtatious. So this is the night that she slept with his cousin. So what happened after that? She finds the text, throws his phone, kicks him out of the resort and things happen. So she starts to tell him the story of what happened. And she says, you know, Harris is always there for me and he would talk to me every day and you know, he was giving me all these compliments. So I, you know, I was, I called him that night and I was just crying so hard that he asked me to come over, that I asked him to come over. <laughs> okay. And she's crying at this point. And by that, I mean, like, it's the housewives cry, as I like to call it. It's the, um, you know, there's so much filler happening in the face that you just scrunch up those cheeks and your voice gets really gravelly. Because, like, you can't make the emotion 
but you can let it out through your smoker's voice, right? So one tear of this, like all of this cry faces face that she's making one single tear. I counted came out. So (laughs) Stephanie's like, um, you know, she's like, you know, uh, Harris came over and he spent the night with me that night. And he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and also he's like, are you joking? How did you know all this all the time? <laughs> so she is so pissed. <laughs> she has now gone from like being mad at him about this lady in Cancun months ago to being like, I have to tell him the truth. And then she finds out that he knew this whole time. And now she's like, uh, you could just tell in her face. She was like, I was planning on milking this whole crying thing the whole time. And now I don't know what to do. So I'm going to continue to make the crying face. But like, I just, this wasn't what I was prepared for. I had a whole plan. I was going to cry my way out of fucking your cousin. And now you already knew. And like, I just, I didn't have a plan B for this basically. <laughs> so, um, he says he found out because they were at the same resort. This is the resort that he works at. He's like, I have a lot of friends who work at this resort. They saw Harris come up and go into the room. So I knew he's already had the conversation with Harris. They've already had it out. He's like, Harris is an asshole. I, you know, I am not surprised that he would do something like this. I, and not ever going to speak to him again. I will go to my grave never speaking to him again. And my worst mistake was to introduce Stephanie to this guy. But at the end of the day, he says, you know, I, you know, it was an awful thing that you did. And Stephanie is like, well, you know, Harris wouldn't have been a problem if you hadn't stepped out on me and were texting people. And he, Ryan's like, I flirted with a couple people, but I never took it as far as you did. And he's like, I blame both of you, but I'm really mad at her for entertaining him, even though I forgive her. Stephanie is like, okay, well, I guess I can't do anything about this. Like, there's nothing for me to work with here. So (laughs) she says, you know, I'm glad in some ways that he forgives me. But, you know, I think I still think that there's something going on. And it's like, yeah, probably. But like. You don't have to be with this guy. We know that, right? Like, you don't love him. And he doesn't love you. And you guys both know that that's true. So, you know, <laughs> like, what are, what, are, what are we doing here? What, what game are we playing? Like, I don't really even see... If she's not even getting that for, like, four times an ID, and I think it's probably, like, skinny and bad, you know? I feel like... Ryan's dick looks like Ryan, which is like thin and like he doesn't really seem that tall, so I just you know, I just feel like he's not really giving a whole lot. Let it go. Let it go. So let's move on to Ooh, uh I guess we'll do Mike not Mike and Natalie, uh Yara and Jovi. So they're outside. <laughs> hanging out and they're like you know i'm guessing somewhere in the french quarter right so jovi starts off the narration of like oh you know yara's still pissed off at me because uh you know i i came out of the uh airport drinking you know i had a drink in my hand i got off the plane with a drink in my hand is what he said so then he starts explaining why this is okay right He's like, you know, I hadn't had a drink in four weeks because I was working and I got on the plane at 11. It was just one drink, whatever. And I, what airline gives you a 16 ounce cup of alcohol? That's what I want to know. Cause it was like, we all know what the airplane cups look like. They're like a good seven ounces, right? <laughs> they don't give you that on the airplane unless there's something that I'm missing. Is does that happen in first class? I don't know, but if it wasn't really that big of a deal, then why did Jovi lie to her as soon as she saw him and was like, what is that that you have in your hand? He told her it was soda. 
or Coke. Like, why did you lie if it really wasn't that big of a deal? It just feels like editors and production is making it very, they're heavily hinting towards him having a drinking problem. And I feel like making all those excuses, it isn't helping the situation for him. It's really not. Um, so Yara's like, you know, I was so annoyed with him because of what happened yesterday. Honestly, I didn't even want to tell him that I'm pregnant. So what does she do? <laughs> they find a lady in the square who's just doing freehand henna. She decides to get it done. And Yara decides that this is going to be the moment in front of this lady who was dying my hand and I can't move. I'm going to tell my boyfriend that I'm pregnant. So she's like, well, I have to tell you something. And then she mouths the word pregnant to him. And he's like, what? And she's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, no, you're not. Like, like, matter of fact. Like, no, you're not pregnant. Like, I know for a fact that you're not pregnant. And he's like, I don't believe you because you would have already told me. And she's like, well, I was, you know, I was waiting for the right time. He's like, no, you wouldn't. Like, I just, I don't believe you. <laughs> and she's like, okay okay and he's like well it's true like fine but like it's not true so i don't you know next question (laughs) like it was so matter of fact and cold and if i ever have to tell a man that i'm pregnant i would like for it to be the opposite of that (laughs) so um Yara and Jovi do this, like, couples interview, which I think is the indication that they're still together, right? Have we ever seen a couple do, a couple who didn't end up making it do a side-by-side interview? I'm sure we have. I, you know, I'm not an encyclopedia here, but, um, so they're doing their, uh, you know, couples interview, and he says, you know, a lot of the reason why I don't believe her is because she's done this before. And then he says that she sent him a picture from a picture of a pregnancy test from the first time she was pregnant, positive pregnancy test. Right. And, you know, he's like, she let me go all day thinking that she was pregnant again and it was just torture. And that's why I don't believe her. And she's like, that's not what happened. It was only 10 minutes. And I told you after that 10 minutes that I was joking, this is dark. (laughs) Like, did that story make everybody else uncomfortable or was it just me? Because it felt like the darkness of sending a positive pregnancy test from the test that you took when you were pregnant and then miscarried and then using it as a joke to trick your partner into thinking, I don't know, there's a darkness to that, but like, that's not my journey. So I... Uh, y'all can have that i i don't i'm uncomfortable even just talking about it frankly so um then so they get home and he's like okay i want you to take a test and i'm gonna watch you pee so they close the door to the bathroom she takes the test and it's the two line test and he's like okay well it's only you know how many lines she's like two jovi (laughs) so he looks at it first one strong Second one, he says, well, it's just half a line. It's just half a line. So, oh, so you are lying to me. And she's looking at him like, what? Why would I lie to you? She's like, I would never carry this on for so long. So she's like, okay, well, Google, you know, I think what she was trying to say is that once you're pregnant, you could get like a false negative. Well, yeah, of course. Right. But She was like, well, Google, like, how often that happens. And he was like, well, so he Googles it and it said something like, you know, you should get a positive result every time. He's like, okay, so don't you just think it's weird that, like, the first test that I just watched you take came out negative? And I was like, well, first of all, it didn't come out negative. It came out incomplete, probably because aren't we supposed to, like lay the pregnancy test down like they were she was washing it (laughs) did did y'all see her take a bar of soap to the end of the pregnancy test that's why it was confused (laughs) because you you just washed it with soap so and he's like okay you got to take it again 
take another test. So this time she has the clear blue test that tells you pregnant or not pregnant. So she takes it again and they come out and he doesn't even make it from the bathroom to the kitchen before he's like, oh shit, you are pregnant. You weren't lying to me. And she's like, yeah. So what do you say? And he was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) I would have knocked that man through his gigantic teeth. Okay. Like gross. Like the way he treated her was so like, you're a fucking liar, Camille. And I don't believe you. And if you have that that little trust in your partner, that's weird. That's weird. Like it's weird that she would joke about having being pregnant again after the darkness that happened with that miscarriage I get that but like uh, just the way he was just so flippant about like oh you're a liar like he was just so confident like I've never experienced somebody just being so sure that you are not telling the truth that they like don't even care to play the game with you and they're just like oh you're you're fucking lying so Anyway, he had egg on his face, didn't he? He was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Like, I kind of feel bad now. Oh, okay. Well, great. I'm glad you could wrangle up one emotion, Jovi. Thank you. So he grabs a drink because he's stressed out. And he was like, well, I guess this changes a lot of things, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so, Jovi. So... Yara is like, okay, well, what's going to happen, like, with your job? And, you know, he's like, oh, you know, worry about that later. Is like, my job might be changing in the next four months anyway. So, like, let's just get through this. See what happens. Everything will work out fine. I feel like I'm ready to have a baby, even though the prospect of thinking I had a baby drove me to immediately drink some, uh, you know, room temperature Crown Royal and, and a Coke. But yeah, I think by the time you're ready to give birth, I think I'm going to be 100% ready. Okay, Jovi, you left a broken in half coffee table in your living room until Yara said, hey, throw this out. So, you know, something to think about, Jovi. Yara says she is absolutely not ready for a baby. And, you know. Thank God somebody's being honest. Uh, let's move on to ooh, Brandon and Julia. What the hell was that, you guys? Ooh, <laughs> Ron. Yikes, dude. So we all know that Julia gave him the ultimato, right? And said, I am going back to Russia if you don't grow some balls, okay? So, you know, date night with Betty, Ron, and Brandon. They're at the Mexican restaurant, I guess, as as illustrated by the chilies with sombreros on it on the back of the ta- on the chairs. <laughs> Betty is dressed like she is about to do an interview with Oprah. She's wearing a full on blazer <laughs> and a top with like you know like a jewel top that you know like a statement top I I don't know I don't even know what the word for that top is but it just had a lot of jewels on it okay so Brandon sits down and he's like you know some things have happened and you know I think Julie and I need to leave and they're like why Betty is fucking flabbergasted Ron is like what's going on and Brandon's like it's because of the animals and it's like Brandon no it's not because of the animals okay it's not it's because your mom's a weirdo and your dad's a silent weirdo. <laughs> I really don't think that Julia would really mind the animals so much if she felt like she wasn't being treated like an indentured servant <laughs> or treated like she was constantly the like nasty Russian whore that Betty treats her like, because that's how she treats her, frankly. She like everything that bad that happens is all because of her and she's so horny and let's get you to the doctor so I don't have to have any babies running around the farm. It, it's it's gross. So you know, 
then they are like, is it really just the animals or is there something more? And Brandon's like, well, it's half the animals and half because, mom, you're really needy when it comes to me. Hand to God, you guys, I have never seen somebody physically deflate (laughs) from the information. Like, Betty's body just, like, gave into itself. Like, in that two seconds, I actually felt bad for her to have such a physical reaction to being like, oh, I fucked up. Like, I am, maybe for a second it hit her, like, I'm the problem. And it made me feel really bad for her. Like, I just don't want to see an old woman be sad. You know, even if she is Betty. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Okay. So Betty starts crying, welling up with tears. She's like, Brandon, all I try to do is love you and embrace Julia as part of the family. And we wanted to pass the farm on to you and, you know, your kids and blah, blah, blah. And Brandon's like, yeah, I hear you. But, and that's a beautiful vision, but it's not the one that Julia and I have for each other, for ourselves and for our future. Betty keeps crying and says, you know, I was hoping I would gain a daughter instead of losing a son. And I just don't want you to go because you're my baby. And it's like, yeah, I kind of think your reaction now is what the issue is. (laughs) Who woke Brandon up, you guys? He must have gotten laid right before this because I have never seen this version of him where he's actually standing up to his parents. We have seen him throw Julia under the bus to his parents to her face so it's really shocking to me that when she's not even there he's got his foot down and he's actually standing up for his relationship and for his women woman and you know i really love to see it ron is adamant i don't know if like ron has access to his bank accounts or anything but ron is adamant that brandon does not have enough money to be able to afford living in an apartment and you know why don't they just want to do the right thing and buy a house and 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 save their money and it's like well you just were talking about how all of this farm was for him and that you wanted it doesn't really seem like they want him to leave and that they want to all live together happy family in three bedrooms (laughs) and and uh just leave in the farm when they die it doesn't really sound like they want him to have a house. Like they want him to quote unquote, do the right thing. Mm, that sounds like a lie to me, but um, Ron turns beet red. He is pissed. He is so angry. And I knew, did I not see guys that like Betty is like bad cop, but there's something about Ron that, that I think was bubbling underneath the surface and we saw it and that was anger he is wagging his finger right in Brandon's face and you know you need to be the one who's making the decisions why are you letting Julia make all the decisions for your relationship you need to be a man and you know make choices and that's it blah 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 like don't let her rule the roost or whatever and it's like Ron why is this so personal to you like okay You don't want to see your wife cry. You don't want to see her be upset. And so, yeah, you're probably being a little bit defensive, but it's also like, chill. 
<laughs> can you chill? Um, so <laughs> Betty is like getting into like the eight stages or however many stages of grief there are. So she's now at the bargaining stage. <laughs> she's she disbelief, sadness. Ron took care of anger. Ron was angry enough for everybody. And now we're at the bargaining phase. Like, I just want my sweet boy back. So Brandon says, you know, like Betty, excuse me, Betty says, is there anything that we can do? And Brandon's like, well, you know, maybe if we were allowed to stay in the same bedroom, that might change things. And honestly, at first I thought he meant like all four of them because, you know, you know why. It's very clear that Betty's horning for her own son. And sorry, that's just the truth. But um, it realized that when Ron started getting more upset that, that what he meant was that Julie and Brandon would be sharing a bedroom, right? So Ron is, was, he was from on like an eight. He's now on like a 13. And Ron's like, you know, I'm not going to give into this and there needs to be some respect between us. And if this is what it's going to take, then maybe they do need their own place. And like, he's just not going to let some bitch named Julia come in here and, and tell them what to do, how to live their lives. Okay. (laughs) Ron, take a breath, sir. So, Betty's like, no, 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 like, maybe we can work something out. Maybe we can do it. Like, I'm okay with it, Ron. Like, no, like, please, let's think about this. Like, oh, my boy. (sighs) Girl, Betty. So Ron's like, this is just a bargaining chip, and I'm not going to give into that. And they're, they're mad. Ron's mad. Ron's very mad. That fortunately was the last that we saw of them. And I can't wait to, after I do this recording, go back to Twitter and see what people were saying about Ron because the streets were like, girl, get out. (laughs) Okay. So the last we see of the couple, Brandon and Julia are going to play pool. And he was like, she asked, you know, how did it go with your parents? And he was like, well, it went okay. Um, how would you feel if we could stay in the same room and you won't have to deal with the animals again? And Julia's like, mm, I don't believe you. <laughs> She's like, but I'm glad that you um, are being a man about all of this. I don't believe that's going to happen. And I also think that Betty is really going to hate me and she's going to find all new reasons to hate me and try to convince you to leave me. So that's my concern, but we can do that. She says, you know, she appreciates that it's a small step in the right direction, even though it's still not anything of what she wants to do. And I think Julia is 100% correct in that. Um, Let's end the episode on Andrew and Amira. Andrew and then also Amira, <laughs> as I call them. So Amira is now back in home in France. And she's like, you know, I've barely spoken to Andrew because he's been so busy at the resort. <laughs> I can't do that accent. <laughs> I don't know what that accent. It was, a, it was a combination of several. And I don't want to say which ones because it feels wrong. I tried. I'm trying, you guys, with the accents. And I, I it's not my specialty. I'm not an actress, okay? So... She calls Andrew and he's like, oh, hey, babe, just like catching some rays and soaking up that sweet Mexican sun vitamin D. But, you know, oh, yeah, I I, I miss you. Like, how are you doing? (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, basically, I have PTSD. I can't sleep at night because of being in that detention center. And he's like, oh, yeah, I understand that. You know, I understand that you had a hard time. But like, also, time's really running out with the visa so like i think we should talk about maybe another plan and then he tells her like the options are you know we can either wait and see what happens with the visa or we can go to serbia and try there and by we i mean you because i've already taken off too much for my job and i can't leave all those kids alone in that house nursery babysitter daycare thing that we have in the house so i can't really join you there so, but like, you can go to Serbia and you can spend the two weeks there and then we could just try again. Just try and see if you can get into America that way. <laughs> She's like, uh, 
I'll think about it. And he's like, well, okay, but like, we only have 30 days left on your visa. So if you're going to make a decision, you really have to do it pretty quickly. My eyes are crossing right now. I know that podcasts are, are an audio medium, but like my eyes are just crossed with the wave of psychopath, sociopath, narcissism, just horrible, selfish. I'm not going to diagnose him. I, I take that back, you guys. I don't want to diagnose anything. Incredibly, incredibly, astoundingly selfish behavior on his behalf. Because, I, I, you know, there are plenty of people with mental situations that would not ever think to do something like this. And what the hell is that? I, I cannot believe. And this makes all the sense of why he's being so defensive. And also to talk about what he was talking about on his Instagram stories about how the going to Mexico was all Amira's idea. And this is what she wanted to do. And I was just like, oh, do whatever you want. Like she was trying to force him into this thing. But now we see him on camera telling her let's try it again and if you were so blase about it happening the first time why are you so blase about her being detained and why are you so like footloose and fancy free about her going trying again going to Serbia and trying it again terrible 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 awful 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 and he's a liar so Amira says you know it just feels like endless pressure, but she's worried if she doesn't give in to Andrew that he'll just break up with her. So Andrew's like, well, gotta go. I probably have some sort of like bocce ball tournament with all the friends that I've made at this resort or something. So, uh, you know, I'll take pictures and, you know, we'll be in touch. He literally said, we'll be in touch. <laughs> I'll be damned. Uh, that's what we'll be. We'll be damned. We're not going to be in touch. We will be damned. Okay. So Amira meets up with her friend Xavier, who looks, um, he's got an aesthetic to him. I did not notice that if he, he's giving like, like a specific type of Euro trash. (laughs) Is it bad to say Euro trash? Like it, I, his vibe seems like French guy who hits on people from this corner. Like he's always just sitting outside saying horny things to women as they pass by, you know, but Xavier, I don't want to like be too mean to you because you seem like a very good friend and an essential friend that Amira needs. And he told her everything that she needed to hear. So she's telling him, first of all, Andrew's still in Mexico. And he's like, what? He's still there just enjoying it. She's like, yeah. And on top of that, he wants me to go to Serbia. So she's not delivering this in like a, oh my God, can you believe this guy sort of way? She's just telling him matter of factly. And Xavier's like, okay, well, this actually Seems really dumb. And I don't think that you should do that. In fact, don't do that. Do not go to Serbia. (laughs) And he tells production, like, I'm actually kind of scared for Amira because it seems like Andrew speaks and she's supposed to just do whatever he says. He's like, I really don't think this is a good idea for you. I, you're the one who's risking it all. He doesn't have to risk a thing. He's not coming to Serbia. You're going to have to go out on this all by yourself. You went from Mexico to basically a jail back to France. So really consider doing this again, girl. Thank you, Xavier. Sorry I called you a pervert. (laughs) So Amira says, you know, it's her dream to go to America. But at this point, the number of people who are supporting her relationship with Andrew is basically close to zero. I think it's probably in the negative, Amira. I really do. That's the end of the episode. I guess we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And I just, um, wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
I hope we get a lot more of Andrew and Amira, but I also just don't want to see his face and that ponytail again. I want to see Amira on some sort of like bachelorette in which she gets like makeup from men and they vie for all of her affection. I just love it. So with that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. We'll be back in a couple of weeks.